going on, everybody? And welcome back to another episode of Ricky Ball, the podcast where you want to go if you need to know anything sports or if you just want to hear my opinion on them. I, of course, am always your host, Phoenix Igus. And welcome back to Rookie Ball, everyone. Happy Jackie Robinson Day in the MLB. We got some exciting news. We're going to talk about the playing games that have already happened and some MLB awards. So let's get it. So I just want to say I would like to uh, I would like to receive some apologies because I was a hundred percent on my play in tournament games. Uh, we're gonna go fully in depth to them, but I should say that I went four for four in predicting the first half of games, and now we have two games tonight. Uh, so by the time this episode is released, those games will be starting, and we'll get into those games as well. Now, the first game we had was the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brooklyn Nets. Now, when I predicted this game, I assumed it was going to be played in Cleveland, but I still picked Brooklyn to win this game, but the game was played in Brooklyn. Kyrie went off. Kyrie played insane. Kevin played good. And the Cavs didn't play bad. It just, like, they were outdueled by talent, which I said they were going to be. Uh, the Nets go on to win this game 115 to 108. Kyrie had a perfect first half in terms of shooting percentage. And I like the Cavs. I talked about it. I just said that they had to face a lot of talent if they were going to get into the playoffs this year. And now they have to play tonight at 6:30 against the Atlanta Hawks. But the Brooklyn Nets claim the number seven seed in the Eastern Conference and will go on to play the Boston Celtics as I predicted. The second game on Tuesday night, you had the Minnesota Timberwolves beating the Los Angeles Clippers 109 to 104. It was a great game. Paul George went off. Carl Anthony Towns was stopped and fouled out during the game. But Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell picked up the slack. It was a big moment for the Minnesota Timberwolves to see the other players step up. We've seen them step up before, but they were able to really appear during this game. And it was... I think a big showing that the Timberwolves could be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Now, a lot of people said that the Clippers were going to be the upset pick, the 8 over 7 seed pick, and I stuck by the Timberwolves, and I'm glad I did because they went on to win, and Patrick Beverly at the end of the game acted like he had just won the NBA championship, which he did get fined for, and that's so stupid. Uh, he got fined $30,000 for his celebration, for some things he said during the post-game celebration. And that's so dumb. I mean, the man beat his former team that he left, uh, and they kind of were rude in the way that they got rid of him. So, yeah, I think he has the right to celebrate. This is a big game for him. He just possibly eliminated the Clippers from the playoffs after they traded him, thinking that they got better. So yeah, I do, I'm in support of hashtag don't find Pat Bev, uh, because that was a very fun game. Uh, I think it was my favorite of the four first play-in games. Then on Wednesday night, we had our first not really fun game uh, of the play-in tournaments. The Atlanta Hawks beat the Charlotte Hornets 132 to 103, and I did predict this. I said that the Hawks would probably win this game handedly, 
just because Trey Young has experience and he did not have the greatest first half. Trey Young kind of went in a slump, especially during the second quarter. But as soon as that second half hit, he was throwing lobs. He was going crazy. I mean, he ended up with 11 assists and going along with 24 points. Uh, the Atlanta Hawks just seemed like a full team effort, uh, which is not what I predicted. But everyone was kind of getting involved, uh, especially, I mean, there was, there was six players that played well over 20 minutes, close to 30. And there were seven players that played 20 minutes or more. So, I mean, I mean, they kind of just sparkled. There were six players that had over 10 points. Uh, Trey Young had 24. DeAndre Hunter had 22 as leading scorers. Clint Capella had 17 rebounds, which I'm sure helped them a lot. And then when you go over to the Hornets, it just kind of seems like a two-man effort. LaMelo Ball and Terry Rozier played 38 and 36 minutes. LaMelo Ball with 26 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. He didn't play bad, but he didn't play up to what he usually has played. To where Terry Rozier had 21 points, 3 assists, 4 rebounds. I, that's kind of the numbers I would expect from Terry Rozier. I haven't really paid attention to him this season, so I don't know if this is under expectations, but that's the numbers I would think Terry Rozier would play put in in a game like this. But LaMelo with 26 points... That amount of points is fine, but he has been getting around a triple-double the whole season. So, like I said, Trey Young just has more experience in these type of scenarios than LaMelo does. And it showed. He just had a better night than, than LaMelo did. And that's all it came down to. It was a complete destruction in this game. And then we come to the final game of the four first play-in games. The New Orleans Pelicans beat the San Antonio Spurs 113 to 103 up until the fourth quarter this game looked like a blowout the Pelicans had a lead as big as 17 I think at one point and they went into the fourth quarter I think up like 14 15 and the Spurs just had a lot of fight in them uh, I got to watch the last like 11 minutes of this game and the Spurs just would not go away this team knows how to play as a team and I don't know how much of that is sourced by Greg Popovich uh, but this team was just so together there were a lot of moments during the drives where I would see the Pelicans completely rely on McCollum or completely rely on Brandon Ingram to to uh, source their own offensive points so whereas when the Spurs came in I really didn't know who was going to be taking that shot in that certain in that certain drive the only problem was and even though his stats are still good Herbert Jones just put a lockdown on DeJounte Murray he had sparks of of getting up and kind of going off but he ended up with 16 points five assists and nine rebounds now although that's great I have watched a decent amount of DeJounte Murray this season and I know that's not what Spurs fans are used to seeing out of him now they had some underground performances such as Devin Vessel had 23 points but there's just a lot of performances here Keldon Johnson 15 5 and 4 uh Joshua Primo I don't even know who that is but he played 10 minutes and had zero points so I can't imagine that that was that was his best performance right there but when you look at the Pelican side it was 
Jackson Hayes played 20 minutes with zero points, so that's obviously not great. But as I said, it's the Pelicans do play through star power, and that's what you have to decide when you're an NBA team. Are you going to play as a full five, or are you going to have a couple people that you play through? And the Pelicans play through CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram. Now, once Zion's back, we'll see how that goes. But, you know, CJ McCollum, 32 points, 7 of 6, 6 rebounds. He went off. Brandon Ingram, 27 uh, points, 5 assists, 5 rebounds. He went off. Uh, and Brandon Ingram only did it in 30 minutes. And even Jack Jonas Valanciunas came in with 22 points and 14 rebounds. Now, a person that does need some shine from this game is Jose Alvarado. Uh, I hope I'm saying that last name right. But he only had 12 points, 3 assists, and 1 rebounds. But I do think of him a lot as a Marcus Smart type player. Uh, the stats just don't show up that he's getting. Uh, his defense and effort throughout the game, uh, throughout the season, has been superb. And we saw some of the fans chanting his name at the end of the game. Uh, in which, you know, he got emotional too because he was, you know, a guy that was undrafted, unsigned, but the Pelicans picked him up when the whole COVID era was going on where you were you just you were just picking up players no matter what. Uh, and obviously I already talked about Herb Jones has been a huge pickup this season from the draft. Uh, I believe he is a second round pick. You know, he's honestly top five in rookie of the year voting. Obviously he won't get it, but I think he's a top five rookie this season. And we will see how they play in this next game as we get into the final two games that happened today, both between the eight and nine seeds. So we have the Cleveland Cavaliers against the Atlanta Hawks. Now, when I made my predictions originally, I said that Cleveland would win this game because it was played in Cleveland. But after seeing uh, the performance from Trey Young, I'm starting to question it. This is what it comes down to me. Obviously, you cannot put Darius Garland on Trey Young. That will not go well for you. You can also not put Trey Young on Darius Garland. That will not go well. So assuming both of them are just going to have good games, this is going to come down to the other players. Now, Jared Allen is going through warm-ups today, but we don't know if he's going to play in the game. Even if he does, he's 50-50. Do I think... Jared Allen is healthy enough, good enough to factor in this game. No, unfortunately not. I, I'm going to make a little switch, and I think I'm allowed to do this because I predicted them both to be here. After seeing that performance from Trey, I got to go with the Hawks here, and if I get it wrong, I'll be upset. Um, but seeing that performance from Trey and not knowing if Jared Allen's going to be able to play at his full potential and we've seen statistically the Cavs just don't perform well without Jared Allen so I'm going to pick the Atlanta Hawks in this game I think Trey Young goes off I think Darius Garland goes off but then it just comes down to the surrounding players and I think the Hawks team will do better this game so the final game we have is the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Los Angeles Clippers now I picked the New Orleans Pelicans to win this game even when the Clippers, even when I said that the Clippers had Paul George. Unfortunately, and I didn't want it to be this way, uh, and you never want this to happen to a player, Paul George did test positive uh, for COVID-19, so he will miss this play-in game. 
and that's, I mean, that's big. As I said, I don't wish that upon him. I didn't want it to happen this way. Uh, but the Pelicans do have a very high chance now of winning this game, and I'm going to continue to take that pick. Uh, New Orleans, I think, just has better star power, especially since Paul George is out now, and I think they'll struggle a lot without him in the lineup, and I think the New Orleans Pelicans grab this final eighth seed. Now, as I said, whoever wins this game is going to get murdered by Phoenix, but I will be happy with New Orleans if they're able to make it into the playoffs as an official playoff team. I don't really count the playing games uh, as a playoff team yet until they fully make it in. So I will be completely satisfied if New Orleans just makes it into the playoffs as an official team. That will be a season of success. And then you get Zion back, hopefully, <laughs> I, I don't know, uh, next season. And you have the combo of Brandon Ingram, Zion, and CJ. I think that trio will be very dangerous and a competitor next season. But we'll see how Zion handles it because it kind of seems like he just doesn't want to play basketball. But those are the playing games. I can't wait to see how these, these last two games happen and how they play out. Uh, you'll have to check out my Twitter at RookieBallPod1 uh, to, see, to see how I think. Uh, of these games and what I think and I'll be updating you guys on how the games are going if you don't have time to watch them so if you want to check out my Twitter go ahead and check it out it'll be in the bio under this episode Now let's move into the MLB. We talked about uh, about a week ago our way too early MLB predictions for who would win the divisions, but we did not get in to who we thought would win the awards. So let's get into it right now. So let's start off with the manager of the year. I, I don't care too much for this award, but I'll go ahead and pick through it. So with the NL manager of the year, I think it's it's got to go to Dave Roberts from the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, you know, you know, if Los Angeles doesn't perform as well, this could go to anyone. This could go to Bob Melvin from the Padres because he's playing without Tatis Jr. Uh, and they're kind of getting off to a hot start given it's been like six or seven games. But we'll see. I think it's going to be Dave Roberts. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers are just too stacked and I have him winning. Then in the AL, I don't really know who this is going to go to. I think it's going to be a, a manager from the AL East, uh, but sadly, unfortunately, I'm sorry, I don't know their names, but it's either going to go to the Blue Jays coach or the Rays coach, whichever one of them ends up winning the division. If they don't, as long as they grab a wild card spot, I think that would promise them manager of the year. If the Los Angeles Angels make it into the playoffs i could see joe madden getting this one uh that's the only non-al east manager that i could see winning this award i just think that if the blue jays go on to win this division that their manager absolutely deserves this uh but if not i think it'll be a great competition but manager of the year just doesn't really matter to me now rookie of the year i'm gonna be honest i don't know really any rookies uh in in this year so I'm looking at at some of the people on this list. Uh, I see 
in NL Rookie of the Year, they have a person named O'Neill Cruz on the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, it's not a year for rookies, is what I'm reading off the bio, uh, especially in the NL. But you know what? I'm going to go with the only rookie I know, and that is Hunter Green of the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, he's going to play a lot this year, considering they've gone into full rebuild mode. If a position player in the rookie of the year race doesn't play very well, I would give this to Hunter Green. Uh, he had a great debut. He only let three earned runs, but he had seven strikeouts and he pitched five innings. If the Reds let him pitch more, which please let him do because the bullpen can't do anything, uh, I think Hunter Green has an actual, actual contest uh, for this race. In the AL Rookie of the Year, I don't know a single rookie in the AL, so I'll just go off uh, what most people has their, have as their picks and in the Vegas odds, and that is Bobby Witt Jr. on the Kansas City Royals. Uh, apparently, he had 33 homers and 29 steals last season in the minors, so it seems like he has a big opportunity. Now, obviously, there's the guy, I can't remember his name, but he was on the Rays. He's a shortstop. And he can't be considered for this year if he was a rookie because he came in the last like three months of last season. If he was a rookie this season, I would definitely give it to him. But from what I see, the odds have it going to Bobby Witt Jr. Because apparently he was is one of the biggest prospects coming out of the AL. Now moving on to some awards that I'm definitely more capable of predicting. We have the NL Cy Young Award, which everyone who was kind of competitive... Uh, with my two top picks in Walker Bueller and Anthony DiStefani. Uh, Walker Bueller is on the Dodgers, DiStefani is on the Giants. Everyone else, Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, has had some injuries uh, so far, so I can't really pick them because I don't know how much time they're going to be missing. Max Scherzer obviously is already back, but we don't know how much that hamstring could be bothering him throughout the season. So I'm going to go with the bigger name here, and that's Walker Bueller. I do think DiStefani might honestly have a better season, um, but Walker Buehler is a more recognizable name. Obviously, he's on the Dodgers. I think there's multiple players on the Dodgers team that could win this award, but Walker Buehler, he was a he was a candidate last year for the Cy Young, and like I said earlier, he's he leads uh, the pitching staff of the best team in the MLB, and that could definitely lead him to being an ERA leader. In this season so yes I just don't think there's enough competition uh, to consider anyone else but Walker Bueller possibly Anthony DiStefani now with the AL Cy Young Award I'm gonna pick Shane Bieber but my general prediction is just going to be anybody from the Cleveland Guardians this is a team that relies 100% on their pitching rotation and one of them has to step up and be good I don't think this team is competitive in any way in the AL or even in the AL Central, but I do think this team has an amazing pitching staff, and that is why, just because Shane Bieber is the best one of the bunch, but just generally someone from the Cleveland Guardians is going to win the AL Cy Young Award. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong, but someone from this team is winning the Cy Young. Now with the NL MVP, there's a lot of players that could get in the running for this one. Obviously, the preseason favorite, Fernando Tatis Jr., is out until July, so it definitely will not be him. But it could definitely be someone like Juan Soto on the Washington Nationals, Freddie Freeman on the Dodgers, along with his teammate, Mookie Betts. 
We could see a surprise pick in Jonathan India from the Cincinnati Reds or even Joey Votto if he played like he did in the second half of last season. I think the favorite pick here is Juan Soto, uh, and that makes sense. But I think there's just some players that, man, it's hard because Juan Soto definitely is the pick here. It, it's the most popular pick. He's going to play well this season. But usually the, the obvious pick isn't always the guy. But I do think he's the best player in the NL. So you know what? I'll stick with him. I think Juan Soto will be the MVP uh, from the Washington Nationals. And I, I think for good reason that he's in there. His biggest competition in the preseason, Fernando Tatis Jr., as I said, is out until July. So that's really his only competition. Uh, and it's gone. So I think... The best hitter in the NL will go on to win the MVP. With the AL MVP, the most obvious player to win it is the player that I'm definitely going to pick without any hesitation. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is the best player in the AL. And you know what? Now that I think about it, why did I not even think about Shohei Itani? Uh, never mind. This is going to be exactly how it was last year. It is going to come down to Vladimir Guerrero Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and Shohei Itani, the two best players in the MLB in my opinion. I think this truly depends on how Shohei Itani pitches because he's not going to be able to keep up with Guerrero Jr. bat-wise. Guerrero Jr. just had a three-home run game a couple days ago. Uh, he could possibly win the Triple Crown in the AL or maybe even the entire MLB. So I think Shohei's not going to be able to keep up with his hitting talent, he could do very good. If Shohei Itani wants to be considered, he has to be a little close in the batting. But if Shohei Itani goes on to pitch like he did last season, be an all-star in the pitching category and in the batting, uh, he could most definitely uh, win this award. But I know the MLB doesn't like too many repeaters in the awards category, so... That is why I'm going to go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. From the Toronto Blue Jays, I think he leads the league in homers and he leads the league in RBI, but I do not think he will lead the league in average this season. But he is one of the best batters in the MLB, and I assume that he will have a great season this year. But let me know what you guys think. Who do you think is going to come home with the MLB awards at the end of the season, even though it's super early to predict? I want to hear your guys' opinions on him. But unfortunately, that is all the time we have for today. I really hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. And I hope you guys have an amazing weekend. And I will see you guys on Tuesday. And I will see you guys on the flippity flip. Get out of here.